Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the Brooklyn Bunker. So... In breaking news, which by the time you hear this, it won't be breaking, breaking, but let me break it down anyway. Justice Breyer has announced that he is going to be retiring, which allows for the Biden administration to have its first Supreme Court justice appointment. Now, normally in these circumstances, I would be over the moon, right? Because I would think, oh my goodness, this is great. We get to add another justice, except for the fact that, oh, that's right. The Trump administration got to add three justices because in the last 45 days of his disastrous presidency, we pushed through Amy COVID Barrett, right? And Justice Breyer is one of the lone three right, uh, justices who still actually believes in the rule of law, believes in the Constitution. And so this is really not a gain for the Biden administration. But what is really interesting about this, why I bring it up today, because if you remember that candidate Joe Biden said that if he had the opportunity to, to appoint a Supreme Court justice, that it would be a black woman. He would appoint the first black woman to the bench, right? Now, we know that what both Republicans and Democrats are alike are good for is what? Their symbolism right? The things that they say that they will do for black and brown people or against black and brown people, and then the things that they actually do. We're fighting for justice, marching for justice in a variety of ways for equity, for economic justice, right? For all of these things. And what do they give us? Maya Angelou on a fucking quarter or Juneteenth as a holiday. Anytime that we ask for shit that should just be considered the right thing to do after hundreds of years of enslavement, you would think, and genocide, you would think that it would be a no-brainer. But no, not in America. So here we are now where Joe Biden is faced with 
what he said on the campaign trail, which a lot of people remembered, which is that if I have the ability to, to appoint a Supreme Court justice, I'm going to appoint the first black woman. Now, for me, if you are asking for who I think the next Supreme Court justice should be, it would be the brilliant fighter for justice, head of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, Sherilyn Eiffel, who for decades has been fighting for equity and justice, right, in our legal system, in our criminal justice system. This is a woman that has been on the forefront of some of the most groundbreaking lawsuits that we have seen. And so I hope that if, in fact, uh, Joe Biden is putting together his list right, of potential Supreme Court nominees, that Sherilyn Eiffel is at the top of that list. Now, we know that in order to get a justice passed, you need 50 people. Well, guess what? It is a 50-50 person split. And what do we, in the Senate, and what do we know to be true? That there are two fucking agents of the Republican Party that masquerade as Democrats, but don't actually vote with Democrats or share our values. So what will happen with this Supreme Court nomination? Who the fuck knows? But I'm sure it'll be a spectacle. I'm sure it'll be a circus. And I'm kind of 50-50 thinking that it'll probably be a white man. You know what makes everybody feel comfortable. Enough of that. Um, You know, this week, I have seen so many instances of Republicans once again offering up to the American people exactly who they are. And I mentioned this earlier in the week, and I want to bring it up again. There is a clip that had gone viral, and I shared it on Twitter. Uh, It is a city council meeting where a black man, city council member, is completely exacerbated by how he is being treated by his fellow white city council members. And there is an exchange that ended up being going on CNN, where he says, I'm tired of being treated like this, and like, this is not the cotton fields. I'm not out in the cotton fields, right? And his white colleague said to him, You should be. So I just want everyone to take a beat for a minute because thankfully, this black man who was so wildly fucking disrespected did not react other than with disgust. But let me tell you something. I wish a motherfucker would because I am reaching my I don't give a fuck limit with racist ass white people thinking that they can say and do whatever the fuck they want without any consequence. Now, you may not see any consequence in our unjust system, right? But let me tell you something. I wish somebody would say something like that to me because for certain on that good day, I will be choosing violence. A hundred fucking percent. You think that you can look a black person in the face and tell them that they deserve or should be in somebody's cotton field and think that you deserve to have a seat as anybody's fucking representative? You are out of your fucking mind. And I think it is past fucking time for the people 
to let these motherfuckers know that their time is tick ticking up. Because here's the thing. Pressure makes two things, right? Pressure makes two things. It makes diamonds, right? If pressed in the right way, and it makes an explosion, right? In the other form. And what I'm saying is that the pressure that this Republican party is putting on our democracy, the pressure that it is putting on everyone who is not white or cis or straight or male and conservative and Christian and all of this shit, they are going to go one motherfucking step too far. And I pray to God that I am on the other side of that line when that foot or body or hand, right, crosses over because I have had enough. You know, earlier this week, I was had the great um, fortune of being at my, the co-host of my other podcast, if you have not listened to Democracy-ish, uh, which also comes out on Thursdays with my new co-host, Wajahat Ali, I say to you, please do check it out. Um, it is a conversation between him and I each and every week. Uh, he is a Pakistani-American uh, Muslim, uh, American, full-blooded, I am obviously a black queer woman, child of immigrants as well. And we have really spirited conversations about what it means to live in this crumbling democracy, what it means to be an American. And in Waj's new book that came out this week entitled Go Back to Your Country uh, and Other Helpful Tips, um, his story of what it has been like to live in a brown body, be a Muslim, and grow up in the United States, being told to go back to your country when, in fact, this is your fucking country. But Mitch McConnell also said the quiet part out loud this week when he was pressed by a reporter about the rate at which African-Americans, Black folks in this country, vote and all of the voter suppression laws that Republicans have been rolling out since their spreading of the big lie in 2020. And Mitch McConnell says, oh, well, African-Americans are vote at the same pace as Americans. I'm sorry, what? And instead of said reporter following up and saying, so by your measurement, are you saying that African-Americans are not Americans and that Americans, no hyphen, are white? Because see, that's the kind of investigative reporting that I would like to see. That's the type of no bullshit follow-up that I would like to see politicians like Mitch McConnell, like Kevin McCarthy and others be pressed with. Because you see the reporters that are in these gaggles around them, ask them the most Bullshit, softball fucking questions, right? Because if it were me, trust and believe, and I had a woke AF mic in front of that man, I would say, so what would, so to your point, African-Americans are not Americans. Is that what you're saying? And that actual Americans, no hyphen, are white? Is that what you're saying? And so then to that point, when you use terms like workers, right? And blue collar and rust belt, right? And real Americans, who exactly are you talking about? And what do they look like? Because mainstream media is complicit, is complicit in the spreading of white supremacy, right? It isn't just about ratings. It's about who sits in the C-suite. It's about who's in those newsrooms. It's about what those producers and editors look like. 
It's what those reporters look like and their idea of what it means to be fucking neutral in the face of racism and discrimination. Oh, I don't know what he meant. That's your idea of neutrality? Bitch, do better. So to every single one of those reporters that were standing around Mitch McConnell and didn't ask any type of fucking follow-up, you failed your goddamn job and your profession. I don't know what you people are doing these days with this softball bullshit, as you know very goddamn well that our democracy is hanging on by a thread. And each and every day that we do not use our platforms and our voices to be able to say the quiet part out loud, which is that both parties are failing us. One has the gun at our head, right? And the other one is sitting around with their heads in the fucking sand. So at this stage of the game, right? You have Joe Biden getting ready to appoint a Supreme Court justice or whenever we're going to see that long drawn out process go. You have the one six commission sitting around looking for subpoenas and still asking people nicely to show up when they disregard said subpoenas. You got the Department of Justice. Oh, looking into right. The false taxes and claims of the former administration, but not really doing anything. And then you're going to look around and tell the American people that midterms are coming in a handful of uh, months. And if they don't vote, then they're the ones that have failed our democracy. I'm just tired of the rinse and repeat of bullshit, right? Because it's like you try and out damn spot out, but the bullshit stains, right? That are there are not coming out right? They're actually just growing bigger. And then everyone is saying, just don't look at the spot, right? Just like the movie, just don't look up. Just don't look up. Don't look at the spot. Don't ask any follow-up questions. Just let these people pop off with their bullshit and allow that to spread virally and then do nothing about it. (sighs) Which brings me to Florida today. Later on in the show, we're going to have a conversation with returning guest, um, the executive director of the LGBTQ task force, uh, and my friend Kiara Johnson. And Kiara and I are going to get into a conversation about what is transpiring in Florida and why everyone, regardless of where you live at this very moment, should be concerned with what is happening in Florida. So this week, um, Late last week and then this week, Ron DeSantis has decided that he's going to make a pivot from going after uh, any conversations on race, any conversations on racism, you know, anything that are going to make white people feel discomfort. He's going to now make the pivot to go after LGBTQ people. And I want everyone to be paying attention because it's the same playbook that is used all of the fucking time. You go after the people that nobody gives a shit about first, right? And then you keep ticking them off until eventually he comes to your door, right? It is the Martin Neomoller poem. First they came for. So first Ron DeSantis came for black folks and voter suppression. Then he came for any conversations on race and racism, because God forbid we teach anyone to think critically or look at this country through a lens other than the lens of a white, straight, cisgender 
male, right? Then he came for that. Now he's going for LGBTQ Americans and Floridians and saying, we're not going to talk about anything gay, mention gay people, have conversations about sexuality, gender identity. If you are being bullied, if you're being harassed, we're not doing any of it in the state of Florida. Now he's continuing under the guise of parental control and saying that it should be parents' choice if in fact their children are are introduced to such, you know, horrificness by queer people who are just seeking to, you know, corrupt their children and bring them into the rainbow tribe. (laughs) Right. Because that's what we all do as gays. It pisses me off. And I said this yesterday, if you caught my woke Wednesday, that at the beginning of the two thousands in the early aughts in the Obama administration, There was a string of high profile, not even high profile. It was just in the news, the suicides of young queer kids who were being bullied incessantly, not only by their fellow students and classmates, but also by teachers and administrators who did nothing to protect them and probably participated, right? Because your silence in that case is violence, right? You are allowing abuse to continue and you're doing nothing. And from that rash of suicides that were grabbing the headlines. And then all of a sudden people were like, oh my God, what's happening to these kids? Well, what's happening to them is that you are having them exist, right? In a climate that is hostile and dangerous for them to be who they are. And there is no place for them to look and feel like their life is going to get better. That regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity, that their life in fact has value and is of worth. And so after that, the Obama administration had rolled out federal regulations that essentially would ensure that young trans kids would be able to use the bathrooms that associate with the, their gender identity, that there would be, um, issues, right? Uh, punishment for schools that did not protect LGBTQ youth folks, this was only fucking, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And so here we are now in 2022 and Ron DeSantis is back to don't ask, don't tell. So I keep asking myself, how far back are Republicans going to go with their culture war? How far back are they going to drag America? And now folks can say, well, you know, Florida is going to Florida, but Florida right now is the Republican party's lab. They test out all of the policies that once they are back in control of the gavels in Congress, will try and institute nationwide. And right now there are 28 states that are controlled by Republican governors, 28. So that means that their idea of state control can be about how we turn our public education system back into 
the white supremacist machine, propaganda machine, where we are using kids once again as pawns in order to feed them a narrative of the America that they want you to know, and then that that they want to not be named. It is happening in Florida. It is happening in Texas. It's happening in Alabama. It's happening in Tennessee. It's happening in all of these places. And it's going to happen everywhere if they are allowed to get the gavels back, if Republicans take power. Because this time around, they will not give it up. Because they have put in place all of the Trumpers who are now their new electors and their secretary of states who have pledged their allegiance and said, well, if I had been in charge in 2020, my state wouldn't have certified the election. This is where we are headed. So like I said, pressure creates two things, diamonds and an explosion. And we ain't cutting anybody's diamond anytime soon. So I want folks to begin to wrap their minds around and prepare for what is coming down the pike. They came for women's rights. By June, the Supreme Court will decide that Roe v. Wade no longer stands. And if it stands, it will be in name only. So they came for women's rights. They came for your voting rights, right? By ending preclearance. And that was one of the first things that Chief Justice John Roberts did. Right. And since then, we have over 500 voter suppression laws now all over this country. And that has just been since 2020. Now they're going after LGBTQ folks again. And if you think that they're not going to come for your marriage certificates, right, and just fought and won workplace discrimination cases, they will. So what's next, DeSantis? Will it be both sides of the Holocaust? Right? Will you want to give equal airtime to the Nazis? So that, you know, those that signed up to be Nazis don't feel any discomfort when we talk about the murder and killing of six million people? How far is this party willing to go? That's the question that we should be asking. And then the question that we should be asking ourselves is how far are we willing to go? in order to make sure that they don't succeed. Coming up next is my conversation with my friend, Kiara Johnson, the executive director of the LGBTQ task force to talk about Florida's don't say gay bill. Folks, I am very excited to welcome back to Woke AF Daily uh, my friend, the executive director of the LGBTQ task force, Kiara Johnson, uh, to talk about, you know, one of my favorite topics, uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida, who is a man on a mission, Kiara. He is a man on a mission to turn back the hands of time, to put black people in their place, to put gay folks back in the closet, to put women back in a closet. I mean, if you are from a community that it is not male, that is not straight, that is not cis, that is not wealthy, uh, Ron DeSantis and the state of Florida are coming for you. This latest installment of his don't say gay uh, legislation, which is operating under the guise of parental control, right? Um, 
what do you make of this initial step that we know is going in the wrong direction? Yeah, Danielle, it's so good to see you. I feel like it's been too long and thanks for having me on. Um, I, I have to tell you, like it, it is, it makes my stomach curdle, right? When, when I see proposed legislation like this and, and like you said, in the, you know, under the guise of um, parental rights, right. And, and protecting Mm -hmm. children. Um, you know, I, I have two children, my partner, um, and I raise, um, uh, their child part-time, right. So I'm, I'm like the little old woman who lives in a shoe and, um, you know, ages four, 11 and 14. And it is, you know, the reality is, is that our kids are in school more than they are with us. And it is really important that we can trust teachers and counselors and administrators to create the environments where our kids can thrive. And it's clear mm-hmm. to me that is not what's happening here, right? This is this is about um, creating a culture of fear and of mm-hmm. silence and of hatred, hatred of others and hatred of self, right? Um, I just, it doesn't even seem possible that in 2022, that something like this would even be viable. And I do think, you know, we have to be paying attention and we have to, you know, be talking to our legislators and putting pressure on them so that this falls flat and and, and, and just is dead out of the water. You know, what upsets me, it was funny, I was up last night just laying in bed and I find myself doing this just thinking about the Obama years. And how very fleeting they were, right? You know, it was eight whole years, but like you and I said before we started recording, when you're living in this pandemic time, time is like an illusion, right? It, It doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't resonate in the same way. And I have often written about the Obama years being, you know, akin to reconstruction after the Civil War. And what would have happened if Reconstruction had been able to continue, right? If the leaders that were in charge weren't cowards, right? And Reconstruction had continued, what would America look like now? And I think about that after the Obama years, that, you know, we had this time where LGBTQ youth were being lifted up. We're being protected in schools, right? We we were we were on like the second wave of you know gay straight alliances and LGBTQ clubs and you know allowing uh, trans youth to be able to use the bathroom associated with their gender identity and be protected from even administrators and teachers that are bullies. So can you speak to this type of policy? coming on the heels, coming, you know, literally biting on the heels during that golden era of the Obama time when as black queer people, we didn't have to pick what side of ourselves to show up as where there was a fullness that was available to us um, in that administration. And they saw that. And this was at that, you know, too, if you remember at the beginning, kids were committing suicide left and right. It was making mainstream press right? The It Gets Better campaign rolled out in the early aughts because of the DeSantis's of the world. So can you help us make sense as to what this kind of rollback 
because those young kids, right, that were that were young, maybe in, in middle school at the time, are now voting adults. What this rollback could signal for them, yeah. you know. I, you know, there's, there's so much research that is, that has come out recently about the importance of having a safe space, right? So in particular, you know, you, you, you brought up um, suicide rates, which are high among Mm -hmm. LGBTQ youth and continue to be high among LGBTQ youth. And what the research keeps showing us is that it only takes an a counselor, right? A teacher, a gay straight alliance to shift the tide, right? And and to keep a child from thinking that the only option for them is death, right? right. And 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 all of the research is pointing in that direction. And as parents, right, of young kids of color, right? Um I, that research is also telling us that 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 LGBTQ discrimination is also disproportionately affecting LGBTQ color, uh, uh, LGBTQ young people of color at even higher rates, right? Mm -hmm. We're seeing homelessness at higher rates among LGBTQ people of color. We're seeing uh, attempted suicide rates at higher rates among LGBTQ kids of color. And for us to know that all we need to do as adults is support them and give them a place to be safe. That's it. That's the first step. And we have done so much to create an environment where our kids can survive. Right. Um, You know, you're talking about the Obama years. And I remember, you know, you know, I did some traveling, you know, in different countries. And I hear, you know, would talk to my friends about being in, in different countries and how we were seen as better global neighbors right? Better global citizens, right? And when I see this kind of, you know, this kind of legislation, I'm like, why would we want to to turn back time and not show up as the best global citizens and global neighbors we can, right? It's hard to love what you don't know, right? And, And if we're supposed to love our neighbors, right? Like, we can't start off hating them, And, you know, that's, and that's what this is. This is literally, we want to make these kids hate themselves and prevent teachers and administrators from creating environments where, again, not only that places where they can survive, but where they can thrive. You know, it's so troubling to me because I I was a teacher. I, I taught elementary school for, for a little bit when I was still living in DC at the beginning of my career. And you know, I can't tell you all of the obstacles to learning that are present, right? That, you know, I believe now that many parents have had to be forced into the situation to kind of homeschool their kids, remote learning, all of these things. And so, you know, I thought that an appreciation would have developed for what teachers and administrators do every day, eight, nine hours a day to care for your kids. That is not the case, of course. Americans are lacking, deeply lacking in empathy. Um, But I can tell you that I, I remember kids like coming to me, wanting to just talk, just to be heard, 
right? It could, you know, could be something that seems so ridiculous to you, but then to watch them leave with just a light on their face, just to know that somebody held them, held space for a second for them. And I can't think about living in these times right now that are so unstable, right? That like you are telling kids and teachers and administrators to ignore them, to not show up for them, to not like for your children, right? If you were in Florida, they couldn't even talk about you, right? Like, so we're telling you like, it is this culture of silence, of despair, right? Um, that I believe that Republicans are trying to say, so the, all the things that have been happening have been about acceptance, but this isn't behavior that should be accepted. So now we're going to go completely backwards into a direction where not only are we not going to tolerate you, but we're going to set up mechanisms to abuse you. Mm -hmm. And if you are abused, then that's your problem because the teacher, the parents now are able to sue, right? So when you hear the responses from Republicans like DeSantis saying, oh, this isn't about homophobia. This is about parents having choice about what their kids learn and what's too soon. What do you say to that, to the too soon, too young, you know, pushback that Republicans and quote unquote conservatives always want to give, but yet our communities are the one that the children aren't allowed to be children. They're not allowed to be young. Right. So what what does what do you what does you say to that? I say trust the babies. Right. We have to let them show us where they're going and we follow them. Right. They. I'll give you an example of a story. Uh, this is when I, one of the kids was in elementary school and they, you know, they were talking about their parents. It's playtime. Right. They're talking about their parents and and you know, PJ says, I have two mommies. And so the kids are like, you have two mommies. And another kid says, I have two mommies too. And another kid says, wow, that must be so cool. And then another kid says, I want two mommies. Right. And, and it was like this amazing kids aren't too young for that discussion. That's exactly the discussion that they needed to have, right? Like it was, it wasn't a, a, a discussion that was thwarted or made political or squashed by adults, right? Um, one of the, one of the most beautiful things that happens in an educational environment is that you learn about yourself you learn about other people, you learn what it looks like to navigate your own agency in the context of someone else's, right? You mm -hmm, start to mm -hmm. learn those things. And it's exciting to learn about Lent or Kwanzaa, right? Or hair, or even what are those numbers tattooed on your grandma's forearm, right? That is a part of growing up, right? It's it's a part of learning how to explore with respect, right? With curiosity, with openness for your fellow human being. And and kids show us where they are. They tell us what what it what you know what questions they have, right? And I think we have to to, to pretend 
that by taking all of that out of the picture that we're doing them a service, right? Like it is, is just, it's just lies. How do we combat this then, right? Because what we are seeing is that Texas is vying to be the worst, right? It is, it is the Republicans' Petri dish. It is their, their test place, right? They go and they push out the most egregious, disgusting, despicable, um, racist, homophobic, transphobic legislation that they can possibly do. It gets passed because every, because Republicans own every single mechanism of power in Florida. And then it gets copycatted across the country. Um, 28 Republican governors we have. So we're going to see this 27 more times. Right now we are seeing, you know, in those very red states, an attack against an assault against trans youth who want to play sports, who want to be in community with their, with their, you know, fellow classmates and can't be and are being pinpointed and targeted, right? And saying, no, you can't sit with us, right? You can't join us, right? It's a, it's a level of ostracization. So what, what can we do? What can we do to battle this? What will the task force, you know, with your leadership be doing? Because I believe, Kira, that we are headed into a very dark period of America. Like, I don't think that people even understand how dark the times are about to get. If you're feeling destabilized now, what is coming, right? Um, And so there's a sense of hopelessness, but I know that your work is about transcending that hopelessness, about doing what can be done, lifting what can be lifting and moving what can be pushed. I think um I think you're absolutely right and I, and I think we have to remember that the work is at the local and state level but it's also at the federal level, right? Like there's there's work for us to do and we have to keep our eyes, right? open um for opportunities. So one, you know, it is getting harder and harder for parents to participate, right, in their school districts and 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 in you know, in in their their school districts. Um my mom lives in Texas um and she's uh raising my nephew. And you know, the PTA meetings are in the morning, right? Like when she was working, <laughs> right? So I think that's an example, right, of how we've, you know, parents, we've got to create more opportunities for parents to be able to engage because having, right, having PTA meetings in the morning when most parents are working, particularly working class, right? Parents of color, um, it, we are carving a whole right a whole community of voices out of the conversation about what we want for our children in the schools so so even as local as as school districts and school pta meetings right encouraging our folk to engage right um in an active way and if we pull the camera back we're talking about the equality act right we're talking about yep. um vote the voting rights acts right this is about increasing civil rights protections for LGBTQ people, for women, for people of color. The Voting Rights Act is about expanding, right, access to the right to vote in our democracy for that same, right, you know, uh, group of folks who are often marginalized and brutalized and silenced at the polls. And so while that's indirect, 
I actually think moving forward and getting pieces of legislation passed like that on the federal level can have a direct impact on what governors and legislators at the local and state level can and cannot do. I mean, I hear you. And then at the same time, I'm like, not in this Congress, right? Not with this president. I assume, sure, Biden could do what Obama did and pass a slew of executive orders because you've been, you know, cut off at the knees, right? And no longer have even the allegiance within your own party to get things pass for your agenda. So, you know, I, I yeah. do you think that one of the problems too here is that for so long, because the LGBTQ community, we've had so many successes at the federal level over the last several years that we haven't been really still paying attention to the state and local levels because we, you know, we've gotten marriage. We got, you know, uh, you can't fire us from our jobs. You got, you know, ACLU, like you have these big lifts that have happened, but has that moved our attention and focus to where the GOP now is, which is at your school board meeting, you know, making sure that your kids can't say the word gay. Don't know who Toni Morrison is like, don't, you know, like don't know anything about mother Teresa, like, because it's controversial. Like, do you think we've gone too one way and not enough balance? You know, I think we, um, I think so many people don't realize how much is still at stake and how vulnerable we still are. Right. Yep. So we, we did get these bills passed, right. Which were critical, you yep. know, that for our communities and people see, you know, shows on TV, right. We've had, a, you know, an out gay man run for president, right. Like you've got two queer black women on a, on a podcast, <laughs> right. Talking about politics, um, out loud and proud. And I think sometimes people then they create this narrative that, Oh, we're it's fine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've broken that ceiling. We're good. Not realizing that over 40% of the kids on the street right now identify as LGBTQ, right? That couples who identify as gay, right? Lesbian couples can still go to work, be protected on the job and get kicked out of their homes, right? Like not like be, be told by a landlord that we don't want your kind here anymore, right? Um, and now what we're talking about is Okay, you've got a stable home. You you got a job you can't be fired from, but your children are being taught to shame, feel ashamed yeah. of yep. you and their communities. There is no one silver bullet, right? We we have to continue at the local state level, keep pushing at the federal level, but it's also about culture change, right? Which is so much about what you're doing is pulling back and saying, "Hey, the narrative isn't done. We aren't finished. There are far too many of us that are still falling through the cracks. Like these young transgender and, and non-binary folks of color who are getting beat up and murdered in the streets. We still have work to do here. And, and this kind of work that, that uh, Governor DeSantis is doing is culture work. 
Like, let's not get it twisted. It's not just policy change that he is attempting. It is culture change work. He is trying to affect an entire generation by by putting something like this, uh, you know, on the books. You know, it, you're so right. And the the reality is, is that the Republicans and the GOP have been doing culture work for the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that is their work. That's their right. work is not actually to strengthen, you know, the economy, to strengthen our agencies or our social safety nets. It has been to consistently model America after this white, Puritan, religious white evangelical Christian patriarchy. That's what, that's what it is. And they still pick and choose. Right. Again, love thy neighbor. Oh, but not that neighbor. Oh, but not that neighbor. You you can hate that neighbor. You can bully that neighbor. You can hurt that neighbor. Right. But you don't, even that's not real. It's not even intended to be in, in, in the eyes of spiritual, right, growth, right? Or, or, or no. no, no, this is, this is, it is about patriarchy and it is um, nationalism and it is, um, you said it in the beginning, it, it is an attempt to keep us in our place. Yeah. And ashamed. And silent. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for, for me in the space that I occupy, the, the work is to do anything but be silent, is to do anything but That's shrink, right. is to do anything but, you know, believe that I, I am and my life is and my community is something to be ashamed or embarrassed by, something to be hidden. Well, because there's um, power when we, when we rebuke shame. There's power when we refuse to be silent. And that's ultimately what they're afraid of. It's the power of what happens when we refuse to be ashamed and refuse to be silent and remember, oh, actually I do have power here. And what happens when I start to combine that in the community, right? Like that's a, that is a power. We saw it in Georgia, Danielle. That's exactly what they're afraid of. How do we prevent whatever happened there from happening in any of, any of our states? And that's why we're seeing this level of hostility um, right now against our communities. You know, I will say as I, you know, uh, made the connection between the Obama years and reconstruction. I just pray that the next 100 years isn't Jim Crow Esquire. I pray that the next 100 years that follow, um, where we are is not that dark and horrific place of outward abuse, right? Towards people, um, who are black, who are Brown, who are Muslim, who are trans, who are gay, um, who are anything, who are Jewish, who, you know, I mean, it's just, there's just so much. Uh, Kira, I really thank you for the work that you continue to do for the work that the task force has been doing. Um, and you know, I, I know, I, I sadly know that we are going to need your voice now more than we ever have, because I think that what this was, what this is that is happening in Florida is a shot across the bow is the saying that like, you thought you were comfortable, dear queer folks, right? Like you thought that you were okay, you are not. And we are still coming for you. 
Um, so it is, it is with great appreciation that I say, I'm happy that you're a warrior on our side. I am, uh, I'm happy to be on the front lines with you and so many others. Um, we're not going to take it lying down and we're going to keep, uh, rebuking the shame and refuse silence. Appreciate you. And I hope you come back soon. Absolutely. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.